Welcome to this podcast on managing controlled substances in your practice. I'm Jan Robinson, Registrar and CEO of the College of Veterinarians of Ontario, and with me today is Dr. Susan Sabatini, our practice advisor. Welcome, Sue. Thanks, Jan. Great to be here with you today. The College, as you know, secures its mandate from the Veterinarians Act, and with that authority in mind, it sets regulations and policies in risk areas in practice like diagnosis, treatment, and of course, the responsible management of pharmaceuticals by veterinarians and their clients. These policies apply broadly across all species and relate directly to food safety and to public health. It's important to remember that the activities of prescribing and dispensing are a privilege, and they're a privilege provided to very few professions, and veterinary medicine is one of them. With this privilege, though, comes the public trust and expectation that all pharmaceuticals will be managed prudently and safely. This obligation is, of course, heightened in the area of controlled substances. Veterinarians and veterinarians alone, not veterinary technicians nor their support staff, are responsible for appropriately and defensively prescribing and dispensing, maintaining drug logs and audits so that they can trace uh, where their drugs have been, maintaining records, educating clients on use, and in the case of controlled substances, having a management system that's really robust. Controlled substances have a value, of course, to animals, and that's our number one priority. But whether we like it or not, street value of controlled substances is a great and general public risk. Access and management of controlled drugs is essential in safe veterinary practice, and it is the responsibility of every veterinarian to mitigate inappropriate or illegal access. One of the things I know we've talked about in the past is uh, even understanding uh, drug-seeking behavior, and it's one of the areas that the college is looking to do some extra work in in order to be helpful. So veterinarians need to be vigilant and keep a level of awareness to protect the integrity of their facility and their practice. So Sue, so I'm going to pass over to you now to go into a little bit more detail. As Jan has already mentioned, um, veterinarians in Ontario are privileged in the fact that we can both prescribe and dispense drugs to our patients, and that includes controlled, controlled drugs. And our professional obligations with regards to prescribing and dispensing are found in both provincial and federal legislation, as well as our Vet Act and Regulation 1093. So there is a lot to understand. Um, through questions I get in practice advice, I think some of the key points to remember are that veterinarians um, can only administer, prescribe, or dispense drugs within an established vet-client-patient relationship, and that's based on the veterinarian's assessment of their individual patient. So as veterinarians, we need to maintain sufficient and recent knowledge of our patients in order to appropriately prescribe and dispense. Um, we use our professional judgment to determine what a patient assessment will include for that individual patient for that particular unique situation for their need at that time. Now, once that uh, drug has been prescribed, a vet should review with clients the appropriate handling and storage of any drug, any adverse reactions to watch out for, and um, any withdrawal, withdrawal times as applicable. Now, with controlled drugs, um, because we know um, how tightly regulated they are and that potential for abuse, we should also be reminding our clients that when we dispense controlled drugs to use on their animals, that they need to safeguard them in their homes as well. And that also helps minimize potential for abuse of these drugs. 
Documentation is extremely important for all patient records, um, and in prescribing and dispensing, we also need to make sure we have the appropriate notation in our patient's records. The added thing with controlled drugs is we do have a controlled drug log that is a legislative requirement, and that, um, that log is uh, very important to our management of controlled drugs in our, in our practices. Okay, so as we've mentioned a few times, controlled drugs are very tightly regulated, and so we've, as veterinarians, we need to remember the seriousness of this obligation to safeguard controlled drugs in our practices to mitigate that risk, risk of inappropriate or illegal access to these drugs. So that, um, I mean, look at it as one of our contributions to public health and safety. And um, unfortunately, substance abuse also occurs in our pro profession. So we need to think about the safety of our team members in, in practice and uh, be diligent in looking for flags that might become apparent. So another thing to keep in mind is the seriousness of the harm that could occur if these drugs are not monitored closely. And I can't emphasize how important that is for veterinarians as well as all members of that veterinary team to understand. So a lot of that might go in your training of staff members to understand truly what it is to be in possession of controlled drugs and the appropriate way to be handling them and keeping them safe in practice. So really, Management of your controlled drug inventory is a priority in practice. So one of the things that can help us with that um, management is your controlled drug log. So I know it's a lot of paperwork, but it is um, key in helping us to ensure your drug, controlled drug log inventory is appropriately monitored. So our logs need to be kept up to date and completely filled in. Um, and that will also include the signature or initials of the staff member who has added or removed stock to the controlled drug inventory. And our logs help us track the uses, usage of controlled drugs in our, in our practice, and through our audit process will alert you to any discrepancies between your actual inventory and your expected inventory. So when the audit occurs, if any discrepancies are found, you would need to investigate those and try and reconcile your numbers. And if they can't be reconciled, missing controlled drugs are to be reported to the police and Health Canada. When I mentioned the audit process, that needs to be done on a weekly basis in companion animal facilities, and that's per the minimum standards for veterinary facilities documents. However, it is recommended that all facilities audit their controlled drugs on a regular basis, weekly, ideally, as well. And this audit process should be a written protocol that is followed by the staff member who is conducting the audit. And an audit should not always be conducted by the same person in your practice. So you can delegate auditing of your controlled drugs, but remember, ultimately, as a veterinarian, you're responsible for your controlled drug inventory. There needs to be oversight built into the audit protocol process. Another thing to keep in mind with controlled drugs, they need to be kept safe within your practice. So they need to be in a locked storage area, and that area should be kept locked at all times unless you need to access drugs for, for use on patients in the clinic or to dispense to, to clients to take home. And your staff members can only access those controlled drugs um, with direction from the veterinarian that is um, overseeing treatment. So that's some of the key things that we should all keep in mind to keep our controlled drugs safe.
and some of the questions that I get through practice advice, um, hopefully I've clarified in, in what I just spoke on. Yeah, that's great. That's really helpful. And and lots of serious elements to that as well, is it not? Let's end, and as we talk about that, let's think about a practical and perhaps even I could label it an unfortunate example when we think about uh, opioids. And this is a crisis in Canada, uh, not just in Canada, but in Canada. And I'm sure many of our listeners have read about this, heard about this, um, not infrequently. And what we know and what we uh, in particular have discussions about is one of the more common uh, drugs, uh, fentanyl, uh, carfentanyl as well. And what we do know in looking at veterinary practice, although fentanyl isn't necessarily widely used, it is used in both patch form and more frequently in injectable form but still available through a veterinary clinic. So veterinarians have a role in ensuring uh, no access for human use. That's a tall order, but veterinarians, and we talked, as we've said earlier, about the privilege of prescribing and dispensing. Uh, Veterinarians have been named in Bill 33, along with pharmacists and uh, medical doctors and, um, and others, to assist with safeguards around fentanyl. And uh, this includes taking training themselves, training for staff, around storage, around dispensing, around destruction and disposal. And these are some of the things you were just mentioning, Sue, although this is very specific related to fentanyl. Um, and it also includes, you know, when you're sending a patch home, if this is something that you do do in a certain uh, case, um, particularly around pain management, of course, that you're including uh, significant client education. And that would be about the fact that a client understands what they've got and what that exposure could be. Helping a client also understand around access to more patches in the event that they wanted more, because this is very carefully controlled now. And what to do, of course, if it falls off in terms of bringing it back to the veterinary clinic and making sure it's disposed there. And we uh, at the college, uh, because of Bill 33, develop fact sheets uh, in order to assist veterinarians in their role in public health in this area. We have a lot of other uh, additional resources and support, Sue, and I'm wondering if you can touch base on a few of those. Uh, Sure, I'd be happy to. So besides calling me, and I'm happy for you to call me anytime with your questions around controlled drugs or any practice advice you think I can help you with, um, I will in these conversations with with colleagues and and their support staff refer to some of our um, resources, which I think you'll find very, very helpful to practice. So We have a um, professional practice standard and guide on the management and disposal of controlled drugs. I spoke um, at length about our controlled drug log and the audit process, so we actually have sample forms that you can refer to to help you make sure that your documentation is um, complete. Uh, We can look right in Regulation 1093 to review our professional obligations, as well as the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. Um, as Jen mentioned, we do have the Patch for Patch Fentanyl Return Program fact sheet um, available on our website as well. Recently, we um, produced two videos. One is called Conducting a Controlled Drug Audit, and the other one is Maintaining a Controlled Drug Log, which I think um, we've had very good feedback on, on those so far. So. Uh, you'd like to avail yourself of those again they're easy to access on our website and we have two web pages one that's called who's in control of your controlled drug substances and uh, another one on tips for conducting the weekly audit of controlled drugs at your facility so again a number of resources available to help you um, and 
again, feel free to call me anytime with your, your questions as well. So I, I did mention earlier uh, when I was um, discussing some key things to remember that uh, it's based on questions I get through practice advice. Uh, some of the other common questions I get around prescribing and dispensing has to do with one veterinarian being able to dispense a drug to a client of another veterinarian if that uh, veterinarian supplies a prescription. There's, um, there are very few exemptions to the need for a VCPR to be in place before you can dispense drugs to a patient. And um, with controlled drugs, uh, none of those exemptions apply. So um, if someone requires a controlled drug for their animal, uh, you are required to establish your own vet client-patient relationship before you can dispense those drugs. I often get questions, and this is more from the perspective of members of the public, um, their animal requires a prescription, their vet has prescribed a drug, um, whether it's controlled or, or not, and they want to know if they could actually get that drug from a pharmacy as opposed to it being dispensed from a veterinary clinic. And, and yes, they have, um, have the right to request a prescription. So in that situation, as a veterinarian, if your patient requires a drug based on your assessment and the client wishes to purchase it at a pharmacy, you are obligated to write that prescription for, for that client. And um, one of the other questions I got, and it's died off a little bit because uh, our uh, Regulation 1093 had some revisions in November of 2015. So when, when they came about, I had a lot of questions around the controlled drug log. Um, because one of the requirements in the log is that you put the client's name and their full address, which, um, you know, that's, that takes a lot of time to do that. So the question became, was that full address necessary, or could they use the hospital number that was unique to that client and patient? And, and by all means, the hospital number is fine to put in the, in the address column, so to speak, because that number is unique to that client and patient, and you can um, reference back to all the contact information on that, on that patient and client through that ID number. So that, um, that meets the requirement of, of documenting the address. So those are some of the more frequent questions I get around this topic. Um, and we do have a frequently asked questions section on our website as well. So if I didn't touch on something that you're questioning, you might actually find the answer there as well. Yeah, lot, lots of resources. I think, mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I think it's helpful to go over the questions. And I also think some of the resources, in particular the videos, uh, some of what we're hearing is that they're great for staff training as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So in summary, uh, managing controlled substances in a veterinary practice is a key risk reduction process. Really, that's what we're talking about. It should be high on the list of all staff. It requires a vigilant plan that's executed and evaluated to make sure that it's working. To help with this, the college, as we've said, has developed numerous reference materials. And as Dr. Sabatini has graciously said throughout this podcast, you are also always able to contact her or to refer to our website at cvo.org. Sue, I think that wraps up our discussion for today. Thanks so much and thank you for joining us. We hope that this has really been informative on the whole area of managing controlled substances in your practice.